1: All right, welcome in. Brian Masarowski here with you until 10 o'clock on WBEN. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, we've got a few things to talk about today. A little bit of sunshine outside, not looking that bad. Uh, go out and enjoy it next couple of days before it gets ugh, <laughs> over. Uh, you know, Wednesday and uh, through the weekend. Not going to look all that nice. Um, uh, a lot going on. want to start with what we heard on WBEN yesterday, where uh, Joe Beamer was in doing hardline as per usual. Great job there, Joe. And he had on Assemblyman Pat Burke to talk about this state budget situation. What's going on with the budget? It's late. Um, you know, first, uh, the, we're starting the week without a state budget. It was due this past Friday, a few days late. Um, they're hoping to do it soon because if it isn't done by 4 o'clock today, That means state workers won't get a paycheck this week. So there is a a little bit of, uh, you know, reason to uh, really get going on this. Um, They were hard at work over the weekend. Oh, no, wait, the Senate and Assembly took the weekend off. But, no, they're hard at work uh, today to get back and trying to do it by this state deadline that would, uh, you know, thousands of state employees are uh, maybe missing a paycheck if they don't get it in time for uh, 4 o'clock today. So, you know, some things holding up the budget. There's issues on bail reform. Uh, Burke was asked a little bit about the stadium, which we'll talk about his response to that more in in just a moment. But he didn't really seem to think that that was holding up the budget. Really, it's these bail reform issues that uh, seem to be the biggest topic. And, you know, on the stadium, Joe asked, uh, Pat Burke, you know, wh- what else can Western New York look forward to? Is there anything else besides, you know, this Bills Stadium, uh, you know, that would perk the ears of people in the Buffalo area? Anywhere else in the budget? Here's that exchange. Is there anything else Western New York uh, should be looking forward to when this budget is passed? I, I think I think that's
0: sort of the rub, and that's kind of the challenge. Um Specifically, Western New York. I don't. I don't think so. I think we can look forward to things like universal broadband uh, and a, um, you know, childcare subsidies because the cost of working families to pay for childcare are just obscene, and they've been obscene for a long time. So I think there are things across the state, uh, but they'll obviously directly benefit uh, people. People in Western New York, but regionally specific, it's kind of tough to if you get. This massive government subsidy to get anything else for for the region out of it. So, um, good. There's good things in this budget, but but the Bill Stadium will obviously be the the huge investment for Western New York.
1: Right, so, not really, he says, uh, not really. You know, anything we can look forward to in the state budget? We know there's the stadium, but anything else? Eh, not really, not really. Mind you, the state budget is over two hundred and sixteen billion dollars worth of items. That we're going to spend money on. Now I know. Look, look the state is uh, ponying up quite a bit—six hundred million dollars. But that's you know about 03 percent of one year's state budget. And aside from that, out of two hundred and sixteen billion dollars, hey, is there anything you know Western New Yorkers can really look forward to? What's the answer you get? Nah, not really. <laughs> I mean, come on. What? Not really. Yeah, there's a few things here and there. So I don't. I mean, what is that answer to you? Because if not really is really the answer, then I mean that should raise an alarm bell, too, right? You're going to spend 216 plus billion dollars of taxpayer money. Hey, the um, the other side of the state, you know, the second largest city, the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, besides this one thing, you know, what else can they look forward to? Uh, you know, I don't know. Not much. There's a few things in there. I mean, if not really is the right answer, we got a big problem. Or maybe, you know, people just don't know what's in the budget. Or maybe they're just not excited about what's in the budget. I mean, that could be another answer. I mean, if I were in his shoes, I'm not. But if I were in Pat Burke's shoes, a Democrat, and it is Democrats who control this budget process, You know, hey, what else is exciting in the budget? I mean, I might want to defend uh, small businesses. Oh, you know, $600 million goes here. Uh, Well, there's $200 million to a grant program for small businesses that recently opened despite the pandemic. You know, trying to get some money into small businesses so they can survive. I mean, that might be exciting. There's $200 million there. Um, How about uh, money to, um, you know, have clean water, clean air, green jobs, environmental bond act? I mean, we talk about the stadium as a big investment. Four billion dollars from the state is going into this clean water, clean air, clean job. I mean, I would think as a a Democrat, that would be something I'd want to say. Well, that's exciting. That's something you can get excited about. $600 $600 million, such a big investment. What about $25 billion over the next five years for affordable homes? 100,000 affordable homes at $250,000 per unit. They're going to be the nicest affordable housing maybe ever created. $25 billion. If we're putting $25 billion in there, I would think that's something worth sharing, spreading the news about, Right. I mean, these are the type, for everyone who's a critic of giving the Bills money, I mean, these are the types of programs that you would say the money should be going to instead. Well, here's, you know, $600 million to the Bills. $25 billion for affordable housing. Now, well, not really getting excited about that either. Um, You you know, another, it's down the road, but Frontier Field in Rochester, where the minor league baseball team plays, $12.5 million from the state. Now, that's not a big new stadium investment, but it is still $12.5 million. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. That's a $12.5 million handout to a sports team to build it. No, just for some upgrades here. I mean, you would think that that would be something to get excited about. I just don't know. I mean, when you hear the answer, if you live in New York State and you see the budget fiscal year 2023 216 plus billion dollars and one of uh, our state lawmakers gets asked well hey what of that 216 plus billion dollars should western new york be excited for and the answer is i don't know <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here Jim in Amherst, eight hundred three oh nine thirty. If you want to join me, eight hundred three oh nine three zero, you can uh, give me a call or send a text here on WBen. Jim, you're on WBen. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you see anything that gets you excited? Shouldn't there be something to be excited about with all this money? Well,
0: the Buffalo Bills are the only New York State football team. The other two so-called New York teams are actually New Jersey teams. So. Consequently, they don't generate any money for New York because all the money stays in New Jersey. has to stay in the state. So if this legislature doesn't care to build a stadium for the Buffalo Bills, that means New York really doesn't want to have a football team.
1: Jim, appreciate the call. I mean, I don't think that's a hang-up. It gets a lot of blowback, but like Pat Burke, who earlier in that interview, if you were listening yesterday, you want to hear the full thing, check out Hardline On Demand, WBEN.com. I mean, his stance on a Bill's stadium I think is, you know, I think is pretty common if you were to pull all the legislature. Their stance is it's literally them standing with their feet one on one side and one on the other side of the issue. That's the stance. Is I wanna I wanna walk the line here. And really not go hard one way or the other just so I can get support from everybody. Because basically what he says is, I don't like the Bills stadium deal. I don't like it. But I support it. And I think what you're going to get from downstate is a bunch of people saying, this is terrible. How can you give this money away publicly, they'll say that. They'll say that at a press conference. They'll stand behind a podium. But then at the end of the day, they'll vote for it. So that's the stance. It's nothing that's really going to hold it up, but everybody wants to stand with both legs, you know, one on each side of the issue. So they won't be blamed for killing the deal and, uh, you know, the bills leaving. And when somebody says, how could you give all this money? They can say, hey, didn't you read my quote? I said I was against it. I didn't like that, but I was for the uh, $4 billion for Clean Water, Clean Air, Green Jobs uh, Act. Which we shouldn't be excited for, I guess, according to uh, our state lawmakers. No reason to be excited. What beside that? I mean, hey. Uh, but you've got to be kidding me. $216 billion. And, uh, you know, what can we uh, really look forward to? Ah, you know, really can't think of anything, which is kind of unbelievable to think about. And, you know, part of the reason why, when I look at it, you know, I'll, I'll pull a Pat Burke here. You might not like the idea of any public dollars uh, going to the funding, financing, anything of a, a football stadium, but... It's going to be $600 million from the state, more at the end of 30 years, as we found out uh, last week. But still, that's the investment from the state. And if you're going to tell me that the state spends $216 billion and there's nothing else to get excited about, then, yeah, I'm more willing to say that that's a good investment. (laughs) Because apparently we're spending all this other money, and it doesn't mean anything to me. You know, part of the other money, if you were uh, with us before the top of the hour, we spoke with Jill Schlesinger of Jill on Money. Part of that other uh, money in the budget is $150 million. You'd think this would be something, again, to be excited about. Expanding the tuition assistance program to cover students who are enrolled part-time in a SUNY or CUNY college. Or actually an independent college, a not-for-profit college. So it should help support about 75,000 additional New York students annually to apply for that TAP funding to go to college, which is, you know, who we should be supporting, right, working students. This is who this is aimed for, people who are going to school part-time. And now there's $150 million in the budget to, you know, hopefully expand TAP, give Students who are, are working, who aren't just, you know, trying to make a career out of going to college. They're working and trying to further their career at the same time, taking on two things at once. And now there's going to be some money there to help them go to college, get that degree, and further their career. That, to me, is pretty exciting. It's not exciting to uh, some of the lawmakers who we've uh, talked to here. But to me, that's something to get excited about. In the state budget. But it does beg the question. You know, we spoke with Jill Schlesinger earlier this morning, Jill on Money, and, you know, this is the time where a lot of people are getting those acceptance letters to colleges. They are determining or trying to figure out how am I going to pay this ridiculous bill going into college? Can I make it work? And we spoke a little bit about that with uh, Jill Schlesinger, who, you know, had some tips that I, they're very good tips. I don't know if all of them are going to be rooted in reality for a lot of people. Um, Her big tip was don't borrow more than you hope to earn your first year out of college. Well, I blew that one <laughs> and I think a lot of other people did too average starting salary for the college class of 2020 was over $55,000 yikes what what where did I go wrong I mean what what is going on here I'm just I'm excuse me while I back my chair into the corner and examine my life's decisions but you you want to borrow less than that for your entire length of school. And that's a good advice. Um, and she went on to say that, you know, look, you're still on average across the nation likely to earn more going to college than not. But. She did also say, and, you know, over the last couple of years, this is becoming more and more clear to a lot of people, that college isn't for everyone, especially with the enormous amount of debt that people are going into to get a degree that, at the end of the day, they don't know what to do with. That there are better options for a lot of people. And at the end of our interview with... Jill Schlesinger, I threw this out to her. I said, you know, look at the way I see this going, the way I would hope that this is going, it's got to go one of two ways, and it's kind of up to the federal government. Right now, we're kind of treading water. But I feel like you have to have two options going. There are two solutions to this college problem. On one side, you have the Bernie Sanders AOC solution, which is make college free to everybody. To basically turn it into high school because for you know a lot of people, that's what it's become. It's almost an accepted fact in a lot of places that, all right, well, it's high school and now we go into college and here we go and I feel like I have no choice. And in the minds of a lot of kids, which – Remember, these are kids making these decisions. They just feel like, well, I got to go to college. I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but I got to go. It's just it's the way things work. So option one in my mind is, that, you know, these costs are ballooning, getting extraordinary, hampering kids when they get out of college. You make it free for everybody. Or there's option two, which I think is a little more palpable to a lot of people is you do away with all student loans, period. And you no longer give out any federal expenses. You no longer have this uh, tuition assistance program. No more help for anybody. And what's going to happen then? Well, initially, a lot of people are probably going to get screwed. That's the initial result. But within a few years you hope the result is college becomes a lot cheaper because if no one can afford it anymore and why is college getting more and more expensive well they're giving out more and more money for everybody to be able to afford it if no one can afford to go colleges are going to have to react and instead of forcing you to buy 300 hundred dollar textbooks that you never open take a class where i have to play hot cross buns on the recorder and that's Mandatory to get your gen ed for your degree. Instead of all this fluff and huge new buildings, they might cut back and focus instead on what is actually needed. And then college becomes affordable and just like your grandparents or maybe your parents even told you, a student might have the option to once again work your way through college, which really for a lot of these uh, places, right, It is not an option anymore. All right. Welcome back. Brian Mazerowski here with you up until about 10 o'clock or so. Um, 803-0930 to join me, eight hundred three zero nine three zero on our uh, Volkswagen of Orchard Park tech support to give me a call this morning. We're talking a little bit about college and what sense does it make to you, you know, paying for college, acceptance letters coming in now, and it's time to start having that conversation for a lot of people uh, you know before we dive in got to mention we uh, last Friday we we're talking a lot about Rick Jennerat some of the great memories you, you know I, I mean and what a night on friday i thought they did an excellent job what a crowd um and it was great to see rick jenner get that honor friday night and i got to say i'm ex- as uh, skeptical as anyone when it comes to the sabers um you know did not have much of an appetite to watch their games heading into the start of the year. But I've gone a few times now to the arena over the last month. And I mean, just about every time I'm leaving saying that was pretty awesome, which has not happened in a very long time. So yeah, I give credit where it's due. It's, you know, I I would not hesitate to go back. That's for sure. It was, uh, it was a fun time Friday night and it's been a fun time. uh, Most nights really over the last month or so. So, Kudos to the Sabres for uh, really picking it up there. But, you know, on college, I, I mentioned a couple of different things, the, the ways that I, I see this going, or, or the two ways that it could go, I guess. Now, I, we mentioned our conversation with Jill Schlesinger, Jill on Money, who wrote all about this on her website. And, you know, she kind of looked at my ways of thinking about this and said, you know, people have been saying that for years, and it makes sense what you're saying, but it just never happens. And my idea with college is it, we're, we're kind of reaching a boiling point here, you, and you have two options. One is it's either got to be free for everybody, or two is we've got to stop it with all these loans. You know, it's it's one of two extremes, right? Either subsidize the whole thing or subsidize nothing, because those are the only two ways that it's going to crash back down to reality and become affordable again. I mean, obviously, you subsidize everybody. Somebody's paying for it at the end of the day. And, you know, I tend to lean more toward subsidize nothing. With the idea that in the long run, these colleges are, are going to be forced to scale back a little bit. Uh, really focus on what we're good at, cut a lot of the frivolous stuff that pops up again, whether that's, um, you know, certain amenities, which are really nice, but not really necessary. Classwork that is required, but is it really necessary for a lot of students that are in there? And, you know, focus on what it takes to cut down the cost to make it affordable again. I mean, the idea of working your way through college now is, I mean, there are, I'm sure some universities where you can do it, but, you know, a, a four-year university, I mean, it's kind of laughable. So, it, it's one or the other. The The problem with, you know, it, it's an all or nothing situation. I mentioned the problem with the all is it well, somebody's still paying for it and, you're probably going to get the trend of these colleges just, you know, ballooning and ballooning, keep going forever. The problem with the nothing is that in the short term, I mean, that reaction to there being no public dollars available for students, it's not going to happen overnight. And so there's going to be a a period of time where you're going to have students who are just left out in the dark. With colleges that are very expensive and no way to pay for it. So I don't know if there is a right answer. But those are two solutions. Now, on our text board, eight hundred three zero nine thirty to join us, a-, a lot of people pointing out, well, Brian, you're missing the third option. You're missing the third option. That is no college at all. Push trade schools. The option number three, somebody chiming in, uh, stop pushing expensive degrees. Start pushing trade schools where you can get a real job instead of a basket-weaving job, they say. I don't know if they teach that in college, but (laughs) point taken. Now, I understand what you're saying to everybody texting in with the, you know, listen, the other option is you can forego college. You can get a great career, but I do think that's outside of the conversation right now. And I'd like people to think about the the typical way of talking about this, right, a little bit differently than we have before. Because it's always, the conversation with trade schools, I'm thinking about, it's not that long ago I graduated high school. It was 2008. And I I just, it was never put on me the option to do anything but go to college. And I think that's anybody with, somewhat decent grades, I mean, that's the track that they kind of focused you to, uh, toward. It, it was never suggested that, like, hey, you could do this, or, you know, you could start learning how to oh, work on a car, do I mean, any number of things. You wouldn't necessarily have to go to college, and you can make a pretty good living that way. It was never really brought up because the mindset And I'm wondering if this is starting to change now because you do hear more and more people are open to talking about the benefits of a trade school or of some other form of training. We see in Buffalo that big Northland Training Center is, I mean, amazing in what it can do. So you're seeing more and more people talk about this, but the mindset was always, listen, some people aren't cut out for college. Right? That's how it was always framed, at least to me. You get that. Some people aren't cut out for college. And so they go this way. And, you know, think about when you hear that. Some people aren't cut out for college. I, that's, to me, that says, well, okay, you have to go to college. You don't want to be like the person who's not cut out. I don't want to be not cut out for something. And so that's why I think you have people who are hesitant to even talk about the trades. If you went through school where that was the mindset. I think it should also be thought of as the other way around. You know, you hear over and over again, some people aren't cut out for college. Well, if you're the person texting in, what about the third option? What about no college? Listen, some people aren't cut out for the trades. Some people aren't cut out to you know, do the work that's required to become an expert in uh, any number of things. To work on a construction site, to work as an electrician, to work on cars, to do any of these things. Some people aren't cut out for it. Some people aren't cut out for anything that's somewhat physically demanding some people aren't cut out for the amount of hours that you have to put in to be very good at that some people are cut out for (laughs) well you know hanging out in an office all day and that's their strong suit so i think there's two ways of looking at that And, you know, as to our are pointing in, you have to uh, right. look, if you send everybody to trade school, then maybe, I mean, a couple things happen. The trade school becomes more expensive or the jobs become less plentiful. So there is a balance that you have to strike there. I don't know if they're doing the right job now striking that balance. But with a lot of people, you know, getting these acceptance letters and then starting to do the math, right? Of, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know how? How do I? Uh, how do I begin to pay for this? What are my options? And then the end question of, is it worth it? And maybe you're starting to ask that question again. Anna, is it worth it I go back and forth in that all the time? You know, is it worth it? I I always end up on like yeah, probably, but not for the reasons that I thought it would be worth it in the beginning, heading to college. I you know, is it worth it for everything you learned inside of a classroom? No. It wasn't. Is it worth it for I mean, you know, I met some of my best friends. That That I wouldn't have known, regardless there. I mean, that you know, how could you say it's not worth it in that point? I did learn a lot of things. At the end of the day, you do get a degree, which to uh, Jill Schlesinger's point, on average will you know the the numbers show right now, on average, will help you make more. Why is that? Uh, it might not have anything to do with your degree. But just having that on a, on a resume is a point for some employers. Maybe that's, uh, you know, dwindling more and more by the day. But it is still a point. So I think at the end of the day, it, it is kind of worth it. But you do have to do a little bit of your research there when it comes to paying for college. I, I don't envy anybody who's going through that decision now. I guess it's easier just a little bit to make the decision than it was a year or two years ago, but I don't envy anybody making that. I mean, think about making that decision of is it worth it when the price doesn't go down but there's nothing offered. You know, what college over the past couple of years where, I mean, you have some of these universities, kids were locked in their dorm rooms for basically forever. Right? So it's gotten a little bit back to normal, and the question is still hard, but it's not quite as hard as the past couple of years. So there you go. Uh, to the text board, 803 to join me today, uh, a few comments coming in. Uh, there's the willing and able or able and not willing and seems like there's a lot of that these days when kind of talking about are people cut out for the trades. I do, you do need a certain mindset. I, you do need a, as much as I think a lot of people are annoyed by hearing the phrase I, you do need a worker's mentality. That you know honestly, do you need all the time in college? There was a class I remember my friends took. They say, oh, you got to get in on this one. They spent 30 minutes lying on the floor just l- l- talk, thinking about their breathing. That's You don't need a worker's mentality <laughs> to pass that class. And they had to take it. You had to take that one, or I went for the one where I, uh, I listened to, for 20 minutes, my uh, professor blow into a didgeridoo. No, it's not anything dirty. It's it's the Australian instrument. It's kind of like the Ricola commercial. And we spent like 20 minutes doing that. I did not need a worker's mentality to pass that class. <laughs> Someone else chiming in saying they tried college, didn't work out for me. Went to trade school, and then boom. I mean, it, it's not and then boom. Yada, 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 I guess. I'm a local property manager for a development company, <laughs> so... But There you go. You, but it goes to show you don't need college. College is important for jobs that require a certification, a degree, or a lot of things. But there's a, a lot of places you can go without that training. And, I mean, think of it. Think of when you go and look for jobs right now. You know, how much experience does every job say that they want? You're getting a leg up on experience, whatever that is. If you're going to uh, trade school or just uh, going right to work, let's go. To the phones eight oh three oh nine thirty. We go to Joe, who's in East Aurora now. He's on WBen. Joe, what's going on? Hey,
0: I like your topic there, man. Um, you know, my thing is 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 that that like you were saying, tour, as far as the trade school versus college, they both are good options, you know. But the the big thing is is It starts back in high school where, you know, what I found when my kids were in high school that some of these, uh, you know, guidance counselors or advisors from the schools, they don't they don't teach these kids like the financial obligations to go into some of these big colleges. They, you know, they point them in, you know, in that direction. And it's like, okay, you're going to go there. You're going to board there. You're going to your parents and your family and you are going to accumulate all this debt. It's all—it's cool if you can afford it, you know, but, but the thing is, is when you're done, like you said, you got to have a, you know, a place to go and, and pay all that back, you know, and then versus the trade school, like you said, every kid's not made for the trade school. The only bad thing about the trade school is, is no matter where you lined up, if you're a financially responsible person. Like, I knew guys that were, you know, went to trade school or or went into the building trades, but they were the excellent carpenter, the excellent plumber, the excellent whatever. But if you're not a business person that can put your financial house in order, you're going to wind up working for somebody your whole life, getting beat up, and not, you know, not being... You know you know prosperous at the end game you know what
1: I mean yeah yeah I, I get that Joe and uh, thanks for the call I I, I know guys like I said that could
0: they could build a house could they manage a crew in a financial situation that's a different ball game
1: yeah absolutely hey Joe thanks for the call um you, you know to into what you say about options being made available or you're thinking of your options somebody texting in just the uh, minutes ago, I did three years in the military right out of high school. The texter says, and then went to college, had no school loans. How many people are aware, right, of of even that option? Uh, the caller just mentioned guidance counselors. I, I mean, listen, I, I'm the type of guy. I am a no nonsense. No, I'm a very low maintenance person. No nonsense type of guy. I don't. And, and you know, sometimes it's to my benefit, sometimes it's to my detriment. But I'm thinking back, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you who my guidance counselor was in high school. I never saw. I think they, you had to, like once a year to pick out your classes, sit down there. But I walked in there, they're like, "Who are you?" I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just lo- I'm just, you know, going through here. I don't want anyone to bother me. I do my work. You put your head down. And they didn't know who I was to be able to give me good advice on what to do with my future. They knew a piece of paper that had some numbers and letters on it. But how can you? You can't give somebody good life advice (laughs) when they're 16, 17, 18 years old, when you only know the person from a meeting 30 minutes once a year. And, I mean, that's, that's part of it now. Uh, a couple of uh, more texts before we get going here. Uh, someone mentioned the state of Maryland dropping its four-year college degree requirement for many of its state jobs now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those jobs. And think about this. I, there are a lot of things that I knew less about after college than before. I feel like I was more tech savvy in some ways. I mean, in other ways, I was more tech savvy out of college, you know, doing uh, a lot of the things we do here. Um, you know, working with a lot of different programs. I could edit a movie, but I was less tech savvy in some ways where you know in high school you're more just kind of doing things on your own. But there are options out there for a lot of people that I just uh, I don't know if people are really aware of. Uh, but anyway, you know to wrap it all around, if college is an option for you, but you only maybe you want to do both, maybe you want to dip your toes into both the new state budget. million expanding TAP to people who will be part-time college students where, you know, they in large part didn't have access to a lot of funding. Now you're going to have access to it. Um, Again, though, if you ask uh, uh, some of our state lawmakers, nothing to get excited about. They're they're not nothing to get excited about. $216 billion, not, not much of a highlight in there, I guess, for people. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Brian Mesroski on WBEN. Tune TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.
0: In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively.
1: Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yeah, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.